Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of two pros in a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Happy Monday, guys. How we feeling? Good Monday to you. Yeah, how we feeling? Fired up, energized? Top of the morning, fellas. You know, do you think Probably a lot better than the Dolphins fans right now? I mean, I don't... Yeah. You think a lot of Tua haters, a lot of people out there, what do they call them? Tua non? Is that Tua the non. are those the uh, they supporters? Haters. Those are actually like fans of Tua. So the people that don't like Tua, they're probably pretty thrilled with what they've seen the past couple of games. Probably uh, feel feel yeah. vindicated with their criticism of what the Miami Dolphins are the past couple of games based on their performances. Seems like it it was it was going around and people were uh, pretty pleased with Justin Herbert outplaying uh, Tua Tagovailoa last night. Although all you have to do is basically throw it up to Tyreek Hill and then he'll just go ahead and take the rest from there, even if he's got a, a banged up wheel. You, you don't even have to do that. You just have to fumble to him too. That's a new way of, of scoring. <laughs> that was. By the way, I like when he he picked it up. And nobody had a chance. Tua just pointed right. and just said, yeah, just take it around the he, side. Nobody's got a chance. Hey, LeVar, you think he was the kid at Playground that, like, just dominated kids since he was in kindergarten? Uh, I would assume so. Yeah. even, even <laughs> That's before, what it reminded me of. Even before, like, you know, it's like how it gets real competitive at practices and stuff like that and at games. He, he was the kid that was actually better than the kids playing in the games on Saturdays. <laughs> They were like, look at that kid that right there. <laughs> like, he's moving better than the kids that are out there on the field. He, he's that one in the pickup games. Everybody's like, look at him. He's he's only five. <laughs> <laughs> he's still Shoot him like up. Five. I mean, he's a tiny guy. But he he's is fast. little. Yeah, he is yoked up. Yeah, they were, it was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, Tyree Kill on a couple of plays last night, but nonetheless, the L.A. Chargers get it done. And... Look, I don't know that that anybody looks at them as being a legit contender in the AFC, but I think we're kind of at the point where it feels like if they don't make the playoffs, Brandon Staley might be done. Like, like we, we could be looking at Brandon Staley being out of a job if they don't make the playoffs. So really it feels like he's kind of coaching for his gig the, remen- the rest of the way, as opposed to Mike McDaniel, who's feel-good story. Everybody likes what he's done with Tua. It feels like both those guys are kind of in different spots. And quarterback came out in the same draft class, but Brandon Staley and all the talent there, they're trying to find a guy that maximizes that. So maybe the, maybe the Chargers go on a run here and they're another threat in the AFC. 
That's what um, it feels like. You know where they're currently slated right now? Yeah, the seven. The seven spot. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know how that factors in with the Patriots if they were to win tonight because they, I believe, also would be seven and six. Yeah. But I, I know this. It does kick out the Jets because if the Patriots would have won, it would have kicked out the Jets since they have the, uh, the sweep against them. And now with the Chargers definitively winning, the Jets are out at this point. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it's heating up in the AFC. I mean, we're getting a lot of jockeying, a lot of jockeying around for a position, if you will. Mm. You, you know, my, my biggest takeaways, I guess my biggest – storyline from from the late night game was it you you wanted to see if if Miami could win a big game that wasn't super 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 big and I, I know that might sound weird but this was a big game for for Miami this was a big game for the Chargers even though both teams are kind of at that fringe point right they're at that fringe mark of you know you you could almost have the conversation of how good a teams are they like do we know how good the Miami Dolphins are at this point do we know how good the the LA Chargers are so while I'm watching the game it's kind of like who's going to establish you know that this is a team that's going in they're they're playing December football Who's going in the right direction? I would say I did not come out of the game feeling that there was a definitive answer to that question, even though the Chargers won. I don't know. I, I Maybe I was underwhelmed by the fashion in which they won, but now I'm starting to look at Miami, and I'm like, Miami's starting to kind of look – a little bit like the team where we're like, yeah, that's, you know, they're better than what they have been, but they're certainly not upper echelons elite. I mean, is that is that is that an unfair? Are you trying to say that they look more like the Brian Flores Dolphins? Is that what you're trying to say here? <sighs> I mean, how could you? I, I, I'll say they they look maybe bet a little better, but but kind <laughs> of esque Flores esque. <laughs> I mean, just call it what it is. Look, they, they've had a great season thus far. And then the last two weeks, you know, they've been on the road. We, we knew, we talked about this after they beat Houston. This was going to be that stretch where they went at San Fran, at L.A., at Buffalo. I mean, that is a ridiculous stretch in three weeks' time. And so you, you knew that was going to be a, a rough stretch for them. And we're now kind of seeing it play out. And I think for the people out there who didn't want to believe in Tua, last night was a game that probably led you to, you know, be standing on your soapbox, you know, screaming out there. There's other people who call Justin Herbert a social media quarterback, whatever that means. Uh, he, he, Herbert proved those people wrong. And, but you, you find yourself in this position now where Tua's built up so much equity. He's had such a good season, but – down the stretch where they've needed him to play his best. And, and by the way, I don't know that last night was fully on Tua. I mean, there were some balls where there were some contested catches, some other things that could have been made, and, and I didn't think he got a lot of help. Uh, I thought that was an instance where you saw him, especially early in the game, guys just you know, weren't making plays. I mean, and, and look, the coverage was tight. There's, there's not much you're going to do about it. You know, the Chargers did the exact same thing that the San Francisco 49ers did. They played a lot softer zone coverage. Their backers were getting really good depth underneath all the intermediate routes because that's what the Dolphins do. They take chunks somewhere between 15 and 20 yards, and then they take bombs. 
Like that's essentially if, if they're not throwing a screen. And the the Chargers watched that tape from the 49ers, and they said, all right, watch what Fred Warner did. Watch what some of these other guys did with San Francisco. If they're usually 15 yards deep, they got closer to you know, 18, 20. And it took away a lot of those deeper you know, chunk plays that Miami has been able to get this year. And, and kudos to Brandon Staley and his team for playing aggressive like they always do, but also implementing something that stopped the Dolphins the previous week. And I would imagine the Buffalo Bills are going to do the same thing, uh, weather pending there in Buffalo. Mm. Yeah, uh, are we going to get a snow game? Is that are you? Are you, are you I mean, it's always up there in Buffalo this oh, time. Come of year, on right? now, yeah, like, get some flurries out there. You saw yesterday. Maybe we, they'll play in Detroit again. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if Jeez. it gets anywhere over like an inch and a half, apparently that's uh, leave that joke alone, everybody. But uh, point mm. being, it it, it kind of feels like Miami. Dangerous, it, it, it kind of, yes. Them inches start accumulating. It, you know, it sure could, could get a little dangerous. It does kind of feel though that we just go back Quickly to the outside. original point that I, <laughs> did you guys at, at any point this season actually think Miami was a legitimate contender to win the AFC before Tua's first first head injury I'll say no but yeah I, I, I thought they could be a playoff team yeah yeah I, I thought I, they could be a playoff team like a, like a second tier team in the AFC early but, yeah I th- early on I thought that they looked like uh, a much improved team that could possibly be a playoff team but not a chiefs not a bills i would say no, now not know. a Bengals. so it just yeah, it's no. kind of where we thought they were going to be at. Didn't turned it on yeah, they, they, they did this last year didn't they yeah they didn't turned it on cincinnati cincinnati it just kind of feels like we've we like are two getting, years in a row yeah hmm. we're getting clarity like, on on who the the teams that are legitimate contenders in the afc are and Miami and, and the Chargers. I don't know that anybody looked at them and said. They are two of those teams. Yeah. And and so all, all it's done, I think, the past couple of weeks and then next week against Buffalo, I think all it's going to do is just showcase that there's still a clear difference between the two. And, you know, everybody's going to point to the, the difference between quarterback in Buffalo and Miami or Kansas City and Miami. And then you just go back to the same old conversation everybody has, like they have with a lot of quarterbacks in the league. He's good enough, but can you win a Super Bowl with him? Mm. I just – but it, I don't think it takes away from what Mike McDaniel's done. They've made Tua a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL. And, and whether they can win a Super Bowl or not, I mean, it, there's a lot of guys who you look at the end of their career and say, well, they never won a Super Bowl. It doesn't mean they can't be a good quarterback. Oh, there was poor quarterback play from a lot more quarterbacks. There was a vast majority of quarterbacks that played not at a high level versus a high level yesterday. I mean, from what I could gather – you know, from all the the games I was able to watch and and obviously go and and get get the information of of the games the way best way you can are the ones that you weren't able to fully see. From what I could gather, it wasn't a dominant day by by quarterbacks. So I mean, it's not this isn't like a Tua thing. This is a how much how much better can your team as a whole play? Because there are there's going to be reasons possibly outside of the play of your quarterback that's going to be the reason why a team is able to win I mean and we'll talk about some of these other teams I, I see what we're going into you know next segment you know you see a guy play the way that 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 you know Brock played and and the way he was he's been lauded for the way that he's played but you know there were a lot of other elements involved um, mainly the health of of Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey yeah, that would, you know, make you feel as though it's it. If you're doing, he said something very interesting. I'm doing exactly what Coach Shanahan has coached me up to do. Yeah, 
you know, I don't know how how often you see that with quarterbacks right now, that they're going to do exactly like be happy to say it. Like I'm doing exactly what I've been coached to do, you know, and that's that's like, you know, maybe that's the era of time we're in right now with quarterbacks where, you know, they they feel like it has to be their way. You see how that's going in, in, in uh, you know, Broncos land in Denver. Um, but it's it was nice to hear a guy say, you know what, I, I didn't really deviate from anything that I was told to do and I was taught to do. I did exactly what I was told to do and look at what happened. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting, though, because I don't think a lot of quarterbacks played super tremendously well yesterday regardless. But, but I also think it's a time in the season where there's so much tape on you. People have a pretty good book out on what you can do. You know, some teams, especially offensively, are limited depending on who's injured and, and what they're dealing with at this point. You know, I, I think that always plays to the advantage of the defense. And then you mix in weather, right? You start to mix in what you're getting in the Northeast or, or what you're getting in the northern parts of the country with some of the wind, weather, you know, things that, that are going to slow that down. Um, but I, I think my biggest takeaway just from the games this past weekend and not to take anything away from tonight's game, but neither the, the Cardinals nor the Patriots are teams that I view as a, a top of either side of the conference. No. But, but I would say this. I think Cincinnati is the hottest team in the AFC right now, and Philly looks like another team that just seems unbeatable. Yeah. Like, they, they have so far have not had any games that make you, like, scratch your head and go, what was that? Whereas Dallas yesterday was that team for me. And I Ugh. told you guys this past week, they do it once a year. And, and I know they ended up winning out that game, and people are, are going to – their takeaway is going to be, well, look at Dak and look at the Cowboys, and that's what good teams do. They, they, they drive down the field, and they go find a way of scoring and winning the game. And I, and I give them all the respect for being able to execute in that instance. I'm with you on this where you're going. But yep. if, you're a, if you're not a 1-10 football team, 1-10-1, whatever the Texans are – You win that game. 100%. I yeah. mean, you're, you got, what, four downs to get in the end zone inside the five? Like, give me a break. Like, that's one where if you're playing a, a halfway decent team, not the worst team in the league, you find a way to punch that in the end zone. Yeah. So I, and that, if you that's don't, been more my kind of takeaway. And if you don't, I, for me, I'm taking the points. I'm taking the points. Like, I'm going to put the pressure on my defense to cover them and make them have to score. And even if they score, even if they score, right, it's a what? You still can march down the field if by chance you had – like they're in the same situation. If they go down and they score, it's it's what? Uh, it was a PAT to win. That's the only thing. There you go. Okay. So if, if Houston scored a touchdown there, they're making a two-possession game, possession game, the game's over. Right. If they, I know that. I know that. But they were not They were going backwards at the point in time that they got the fourth down. Like, it didn't look good. It didn't look good the way they – and I get that. I know they would have made it a two-possession game. But if you take the points and you make it what, – what, what would it have been? 26 to 20, game. right? It would have been yeah. a six-point game. If they are able to march down and score, you're still in a situation where three points gets you the victory. That's For me, I thought it was questionable. Like I agree that if I get the double-digit the, or the two-possession game, that it's, it's done. But their play calling was not looking like they were going to get into the end zone. Like It did not look like they were going to get in. They were trying to run. They were playing on the other side of, of Houston's side of the ball. Why not kick the field goal and play defense? 
Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the 49ers were uh, three and a half point favorites over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. And uh, yeah, missed that one. So that was a swing and a miss on that. And that game was over and it was over fast and Tampa Bay does not look like a very good football team. And well, in the 49ers. No, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let's just have the conversation. Okay. Uh, is it over for Tom? I mean, on the football field? Yeah. Because uh, there's also no, another I mean, conversation. Um, yeah, we, we, we can get into that next. But I, I think we start on the football field, then work to how that translates off the field. Is it him or is it the offense? 
because you've you've said it on this show a couple of times. He can still make the throws. Like he can still make, <sighs> but who's making not all the time? Yeah. yeah. Not okay. all the time. Like it, the fourth down that he kind of threw in the back of the Mike Evans' ankles earlier in the game. I, I'm, I'm watching that going. Eesh. Like I know he was frustrated the play before because he thought Godwin got held, and he and he did. But I mean, you can't be begging so bad for calls that you then just you know throw in the towel on the next play or allow it to impact that next play. And obviously, he knows better than anyone else that. But I think that's where he's getting in his career. It feels like watching them, they are desperate for offensive production, for points, you know, for things to, to go their way. Like they, they – and maybe you could say at different points in time in his career, he has been lucky. You know, the ball's bounced his way or he's gotten the call. There's Raiders fans who would say that obviously with the tuck rule and how that's all changed. If that same play had happened in today's game, Tom Brady's not going to a Super Bowl. So I just I, I kind of look at it and I go, I know people have wanted to call it and, and when it's time and all that. This this feels like it looks like it is, and, and I know there weren't there weren't a ton of suitors for Tom Brady when he left New England. Now, I'm not sure if people realize that this wasn't Peyton Manning and everyone you know basically you know trying to to advertise or market to get Peyton to come to their place coming off a neck injury, mind you. This is a 45 year old Tom Brady who in a year's time looks a lot different. Now, he's a good decision maker. He obviously is still distributing the football, but him and Mike Evans are on the same page. And, and, and look, maybe it is partially the offense. You know, maybe you put him with, with someone who's, you know, I don't know, more creative or had more success. You know, from what I've heard, uh, they were hoping maybe Byron Leftwich got a head coaching job and then he was going to be able to, you know, have more control over things as far as play calling goes. You know, he hasn't been overly impressed with that. So maybe that's part of it. There's some frustration there. But whatever the case is, he does not – I mean, it looks like it's finally catching up to him. It really does. Father time is finally catching up. It, it looks like Mike Evans isn't a party to it either. Like, it looked like he – it was just irritating him. Whatever, whatever the disconnect was – it just seemed like they the body language the the energy you know exchange just seemed to be kind of off like the timing of everything seemed to be off you know things that you would have expected them to to be able to pull off together you know speaking of mike and tom it just wasn't there and 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 it it looked as though you know tom tom has the tendency and you make book on it. If he if he feels there's a guy he trusts, he's staying with him. Like if something doesn't go right, if it doesn't feel right, he's staying with one guy. And it was interesting that he went to Godwin and was trying to stay with Godwin in the game. Like that was we're going to win or lose depending on what Godwin is able to do. I mean, he went to Mike a few times, but they just don't seem to be on the same page. And and you don't have a running attack. Your running game isn't isn't really working. Your defense was playing hard, but I don't know, man. They just they look like an average team, they, and, and that's with Tom bad, Brady. Man. 
They look bad. They look below average. Well, ask yourself yeah. this. They've got identical they've got an identical record to the Detroit Lions. And could have lost very who, easily last who, week and who, had a worse yeah, record. Who's who's a who's a better team? Yeah, the Lions by far are a better football team than better the Better offense. Right now. I'll, yeah. I'll at least say that better offense. They're going in the right direction, I'll tell you that. That was a can, big can, win for them. Can I ask you this? Did they have? I know it's early on with Jamison Williams, but he immediately in his second game comes and makes an impact. You see the speed, big playability. They might have the top, like best four, like top five group of four wide receivers. When when you think about Amon Ross St. Brown, how he's kind of been that stable piece. Yeah. DJ Chark, the moments he's had. Reynolds. Now, now it's yeah. You know, say Josh Reynolds, but now it's Jamison Williams too. Like all four of those guys. That somebody. I mean, people in Detroit need to start. Looking at that front office and looking at what Dan Campbell's done and the coaching staff developing, helping to build this roster, they, they deserve a lot of credit. I, I, and I know people are going to probably hammer us for talking about a team that's still got a losing record. They are so dramatically improved from what they've been. You have to acknowledge it. Yeah, and you acknowledge it because that's that's the point. They've got the same record as Tampa Bay, and they feel like completely different franchises, just heading in completely different directions. Well, because there's completely different expectations, too. Like, you don't have an expectation for Detroit like you do for Tampa. We're expecting Tampa to to snap out of it. Like, when are you going to snap out of it? Well, what if they're not going to snap out of it? By the way, at this point in the season, you are what you are, right? Kind of, sort of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, week 14, and they're just kind of up and down and up and down. And I don't know who's going to get them in the first round, assuming they still win the NFC South, which would, would be my assumption they're going to win the NFC South, but who the hell knows with Carolina and the way they're playing recently. But... Whoever gets them in the first round, and it looks like it's probably going to be Dallas at this point. I mean, I, I don't think Tampa it's has a chance. It's a great in that draw game. for Dallas. It is great draw. <laughs> like, only problem is, only problem is. Here we go. Here we go. I don't trust their offense. And Who's? Tampa Bay, Tampa Dallas's? Bay, yeah. And Tampa oh. Bay could could easily sneak up on them and make oh, it a worse, a horrible day for them. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that Tom Brady in the playoffs just makes you go, oh, he's obviously got a shot. It's Tom Brady, right? It's Tom Brady. Not this team, man. No. I'm sorry. Like, I just – and I feel bad because defensively, they're starting to wear down a bit, right? They like, are there, a little bit. There were some plays in that game. Like, Jamel Dean, I have no idea why he's biting on a double move. And he just allows Brock Purdy to lob one up. And, and we should talk Brock Purdy yeah, for a second. Yeah, let's go. Let's get Purdy. Yeah, he, he look he, he did what they asked him to do, but let's not, let's not read into this too much. You know, people are acting like he threw for four hundred yards. Yeah, yesterday, like he didn't. It was the, he put the team on his back. It, it's just I'm not sure if they if the broadcast is just trying to sell the game or it's such a good story because he was Mister Irrelevant and the, the the story with his parents. His parents haven't been to many games this year, but they were coming to this one because they wanted to see Tom Brady. It just so happens Brock Purdy's getting his first start. I mean, look, he was efficient. He did what he was asked to do, um, but it helps when you have Christian McCaffrey run for almost 120 yards on 14 carries. I mean, think about that. Literally, the dude's ripping off you know, <laughs> runs for almost six yards an attempt. I mean, it helps when you've got that in your backfield. So I, I just kind of look at it and go, all right, like between you know, their, their ground game and the way things had kind of opened up for them, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take anything away. I just pump the brakes on it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, his I head just coach. Think he's he's like the Here Kansas City of the NFC. 
his play calling, his his ability I to that. to use his guys in different manners. Like everybody's like, oh, this is the most versatile group of. Well, that's because Cal Shanahan uses them in versatile positions. I mean, that's he's putting Kittle on the backfield. He's lining, you know, McCaffrey out on on the edge. Like you, you got. You got uh, Samuel over here. He's in the wing slot position. Like, you don't really have the ability to create. I mean, you would really have to try to create book on them to know what their tendencies are based upon where guys are aligned. And I think it would be a nightmare as as a defensive coordinator and as a defense to prepare for the 49ers. And and listen, they lose Debo yesterday. Hopefully, he he you know gets be- well well soon. But it's being uh, reported as a high ankle sprain, or yeah, that looked like indication. one of the worst high ankle sprains I've ever seen. It, it yeah. looked like it was a double high ankle sprain. And then not to mention, like you said on the, on the message, like Annie grabbed his knee. Yeah. You know, and we thought it. We thought when when Von Miller went down, it's like oh that's high ankle. Like that looks like ankle or or like an Achilles situation. Turns out his knee was so you yeah. you know until they check him Jonas, out. Did you, you see his knee know. fell off? Is, I thought that's a, that's what you said. To yeah, I, but I, I thought they put it on pretty quickly, so nobody caught that on the broadcast. Oh, they put his knee they back. Actually, just popped back off and uh, just threw it on. You oh. know, oh. it's amazing the technology oh. here. Uh, so, hey, Lavar, speaking <laughs> of uh, what we were talking about yesterday, you said that there could be a couple of players. Uh, who maybe need you to saw that? Yeah, and maybe need to start, uh, you know, getting some boxes uh, you, together. You heard and, what Q said. Like it's like let's pump our brakes, let's slow down a little bit, this, that, and the other. But there's always a reason why the media ooh. gets behind certain stories. Ooh. There's always an origin. Who's in trouble in ooh. San Francisco? Uh, I mean, it, they're all in trouble. <laughs> ooh. If if Brock Purdy keeps playing the way that that he's playing, it's it's, it's a wrap. <laughs> For who? <laughs> For all of them. <laughs> who? Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Gone. <laughs> What what year would this be for Trey coming up? Four, uh, three? Three? three, yeah, three, yeah. That might be the only thing saving him is that they don't have to re like if Brock continues to play the way that he's playing. <laughs> well, let me just say this: think about in the past who Kyle Shanahan has won games with, or like Matt Schaub, Pro Bowl Pro Bowl quarterback, RG three Rookie of the Year. Offensive rookie of the year, at least yeah. his rookie year. Yeah. He he's won games with Nick Mullins. Remember the hype around Nick Mullins? Yeah. Like Nick Mullins was traded for this season because of what Kyle Shanahan has done with him. Where now people look at him as a viable backup option. C.J. Beathard, same thing. Like he is to Lavar. To your point, I still to this day never feel like Kyle Shanahan gets the due and the credit for the offensive mind that he is. I think in the league and league circles, anytime people start talking about hot seat, whatever else, other coaches go, you're crazy. He'll get a job in a second. Like, he will literally be putting the first thing in his box to go if the 49ers ever move on from him. And he'll already have five text messages saying, are you coming? Are you, gonna, are you coming? Do you want this job? Are you already will be done. That's how well-respected he is as an offensive mind in the things that he does. It's not just the talent they have. And I think it's in part because their defense is so talented, it, it kind of gets overshadowed. When, meanwhile, they've had all these injuries at the quarterback position. But I, just, I, look, I look at his offensive prowess and the way he goes about calling plays and designing plays, 
and you go, yeah, of course, you know, San Francisco's going to have a shot at getting in the playoffs and making a run if Brock Purdy just does what Kyle Shanahan, you know, coaches him to do. But here's the truth. That only lasts for so long before a team gets a book out on what Brock Purdy is able to do. Like, he was the last pick of the draft because there's limitations to his game. And guess what a team's eventually going to do? They're going to force him to have to play within those limitations and win games with those limitations. They'll, they'll stop the run. They'll be able to score enough points where they'll say, okay, Brock Purdy, go win it. And, and that's, when it, that's where you kind of get caught up in some of the hype right now. But once you get in the playoffs, once you get to those, those games where there's two or three games now of him starting, there's a book out on him, you start to see the true colors reveal themselves. Yeah. But I, I think Shanahan is – what what I saw him do with RG3 that rookie season, and I was there covering it like day-to-day, what he was able to do to take those those limitations that he had was phenomenal. I, I would do you say, feel like he had limitations? Hell yeah. Huh. Hell yeah. He's a one-read dude. Oh, RG3, that, yeah. RG3 was a one-read dude. Maybe like, it'll, that'll be included in his book. I'm going to read. Out. Look, look. I'm going to read this. This is my read. Nope, not there. Out of here. I'm out of here. Like, literally, I'm run. He's running. And once people figured out that, all right, we're going to follow his head. Anyway, not getting too deep off into RG3. I just think the, the point is with, with, with Shanahan, if he can maintain – the balance, and and that's a tremendous loss losing Debo Samuel. I mean, it really is. But if he can keep that offensive front healthy, especially mainly Trent Williams, like you were talking about McCaffrey getting six yards and, and four yards and yard big yards, you know why? Because <laughs> big Trent was out there clearing clearing S out. I mean, he was there was there were certain runs where he didn't even get touched until he was six seven yards down the field. So if 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 Shanahan can keep a healthy balance between that run game and keep that pressure from having to be what Purdy's uh, his limitations are, I feel like they're still sitting pretty, man, because their defense is flying around. They've always been known to be a pretty physical team up front. I mean, they they bring it like a new age Denver Broncos, a Mike Shanahan Denver Broncos team. Like you see the personality, the disposition, like the way the air of confidence that that they move with. They're dangerous, man. I, I, Philly proved to me yesterday they're the most dangerous team in the NFC and could be the most dangerous team in the league. They they proved that. Like I'm not going to make them a qualifier anymore. They're they're the most dangerous team on the Who NFC. Who is it after that then in your mind? I think the 49ers are then, the second most so dangerous nowhere, team. Dallas is nowhere in your mind. I, I I think that they have to be looked at as as that next that next group. That next group. I really do. I think they're that because I'm going to tell you Washington is dangerous. New York, I'm not on. I'm 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 off that boat. I'm I'm off yeah. of that train. But both New Yorks, both New Yorks. I'm yeah. I'm off that train. Like I'm not I'm not riding that subway. But but I still feel as though Washington could be that that next team that's Ooh. like they're taking they're taking a step forward. It's possible. But if I'm saying right now today, who's that third team that's dangerous that could be dangerous? I'm going to give it to, to Dallas because I've never wavered on their defense. That's all. I've never wavered on their defense. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 
3 a.m. Pacific. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O-Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast. NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So why the hell do the Dallas Cowboys have one of these games every year or a couple of these games every year? Like, what, 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 is, the, what is the most plausible explanation 
for why that happened yesterday at home against the awful Houston Texans who were rotating quarterbacks like they were rotating interior linemen during that game. Why the hell did that game play out the way that it did? What's the best explanation for the Cowboys every year? Go ahead, Q. You can have it. I mean, I'm just going to say the one constant is Dax. Dax their quarterback. Oh, come on. I mean, <laughs> just, come on. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like, that's that's the one constant, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I view this team, and every single year we kind of watch them. We know they're talented. We know what they're capable of. And I don't know. Maybe you say it's Jerry Jones. Maybe you say it's their owner and the culture that he's created there. Because it's, it's been like this for a while. Like a team with so many talented players, yet they just they have one of those games that makes you scratch your head. And, and, or maybe you want to chalk it up to the fact that it's the NFL. And this league is built for parity. There, there's, you know, even the worst team in the Houston Texans can go on the road and play one of the better teams tough. And, and ultimately, you know, the Cowboys still won this game. But these are the types of games that every single year – it makes you lose any faith in Dallas doing anything once they get to the playoffs. And and like they're ten and three football team, Lavar. Yeah. Can we admit they're going to the playoffs now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you I I backed up on that last week. Okay. I, you know I I, I ate that. Um, Just do what I do. Lie and say you never said it. Yeah, that's what Jonas no, does. No, yeah. no, no. Every I, time I own it, but but my reasoning for thinking that they're not a playoff team still is alive. And that's because I don't trust their offense. I just don't trust their offense. Okay, hold on. Why don't you trust their offense? Because uh, I don't trust that. <laughs> I mean, okay, a buddy was talking to me about this, and this is where this conversation is like leading me to. Like, what's his signature moment? His entire career starting for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, he, can you think of one signature win where you go, oh, I remember that. Like, yeah, like, that, was, that was it. He out-negotiated Jerry Jones. That's a signature moment. Yeah. Literally. That's a very signature moment. With a signature. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple. Yeah. yeah. Multiple. Yeah. A lot of zeros, yeah. too. Initials, all kinds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah other than that, I mean, I'm, I mean, he's a great dude. He's a good leader. I just, I think when you're looking back now on him and in comparison to, like, where would you even rank him amongst other quarterbacks within the NFL? I mean. Well, people will use stats to paint a picture of of a higher level of of accomplishment and achievement but I just don't right. I don't see it like I know he's won a lot I know he's been a winner I I do know that uh I know he has great stat lines I do know that I'm aware of that I just I just have not seen this team definitively go to a level where you're like yeah like they're dangerous. Here's this is a dangerous team. Here's the other thing. So we all agree Houston's an awful football team, right? Yes. All right. Yes. I- Indianapolis is a bad football team, right? Yeah. Well, they're they're they have at least they have personnel though. But they're but Indianapolis. But they're not they're not in a great place. Yeah. yeah they're they're, sure, they're a four sure. win football team. Yeah. Yeah. Going into that whatever the hell you call that fourth quarter last week against Indianapolis, it was only a two point game. So it's not like. Well, it's just this one game again. No, man, like Indianapolis was competitive in that game. And Dak Prescott was was awful yesterday. 
And look, I, I understand why the Texans, you know, want to go for it. You're at that point and you figure, all right, well, let's make them drive all the way down the field and, and give Dallas credit for driving down the field and getting the getting the score and getting the win. But I don't know if you're a Cowboy fan, how you walk away from yesterday's game and go, yeah, whatever, don't worry about it. Like at some point, like you got to worry about I it. I mean, but like, Cowboys fans yeah. say that about everything, though. Well, can, can I throw this out there for you guys? Do you remember when Dak was out? And it was the Cooper Rush. Yep. Do you know you want to know why that argument even happens? Because your starter hasn't separated himself so much from the backup that you even have that debate. Like, do we really have that debate about Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever's behind him or Justin Herbert or whoever's behind him? No. I mean, we don't even have that conversation about Tua and whoever's behind him, Joe Burrow, whoever's behind him. I mean, think about that for a second. Kirk Cousins, whoever's behind. We don't have those conversations about those guys. You really don't. And, and that's the difference is like Cooper Rush came in and we were almost going, Uh-oh. oh, maybe this should be the People were literally saying maybe this should be the guy. Yeah. Like the rush is on. I'm, I'm like, if your starter has, has differentiated himself so much so from the back, that, that debate's never even happening. And so I just I feel like it's easier to then entertain those ideas of a guy like Cooper Rush or name what other quarterback would potentially do just as well in the system is because you're looking at your starter and you're saying, well, what does he do extraordinarily well? Like, what's his skill set that's so different than everyone else? And look, sometimes those things are intangibles that you can't put your finger on, and maybe it's leadership quality, toughness, grit, some of those things that are harder to to see on tape, like a big arm or the ability to make off-platform throws or you know, extremely accurate intermediate downfield throws, you know, whatever the case is, running ability like Lamar Jackson has. Like I get sometimes it's harder to see those things, but we really don't like we really don't have those conversations with some of these other quarterbacks who have established themselves. Dak Prescott started long enough to establish himself. That was a narrative earlier this year. And you got to ask yourself why. Like, why was that even a narrative that people talked about earlier this season? And I think it has to do with the fact that Dak Prescott struck a, a second contract at the right time. But ultimately, will he be able to get this team past a certain point? I, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. No. It, it just doesn't in my mind. Dallas struck pay dirt when they brought on Dan Quinn. Because if you have the same defense pre-Dan Quinn, where is this team at right now? I mean, it's the defense that was the difference in that game. They they were holding up. I mean, you look at the point totals, like the output of, of scoring, the defense has been doing their best outside of being that Ravens-type defense that was really scoring. You know, they were turning, you know, that, that – you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that won the Super Bowl. You know, you look at teams that didn't have the craziest, craziest of of offenses when you have a strong defense. That defense has turned turned turnovers into points. And right now you don't see Dallas generating points on defense, but they're keeping them in games. Like they kept them in that game and it gave them the opportunity to have a last a last minute drive that that won the game for them. Think about what you just said. The defense kept them in the game against the Texans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if if the defense like you know what's funny, I know Micah really well. I'm looking at Micah's face on camera. Like did y'all see his face how dejected he looked it? <laughs> oh, he looked looked it. Um it, 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 
they know. They know that they that they are are trying to balance out uh, a a lopsided approach to what's going on or lopsided you know results. They know that they're doing that. And that's the interesting part for me is how far do you go knowing that your offense can't be trusted? You can't trust them. And that's just what it is. You can't trust the Dallas offense. So if you don't have that defense gigging the way that they're gigging, and once you get to the playoffs, you know, I only know about it from from playing experience one time, but I will say this. The level of intensity that comes with playing in the playoffs is way higher. And and if they're lucky enough to get a good draw where they play, you know, a team that, that isn't that good in the first round, I don't know that that's a benefit to make it out of the first round against a weaker team only to go play a stronger team that what's going to happen? What's going to happen when you go up against a team that has the offense that can deal with your defense? What's going to happen? Is your is your offense going to be prepared to step up and even out the playing field and give you points to make you competitive in the game? My answer to that is still incomplete. And as long as it's incomplete as an NFL team, I don't have the confidence that they can make a legitimate Super Bowl run or even get to the NFC Championship game prior to the Super Bowl. By the way, Dak Prescott's got nine interceptions on the season. Matt Ryan leads the league with 13. But Dak also missed how many games? Four or five games? Five, yeah. Like, he, like he hasn't been good this year. And so like you're just you're watching this going, okay, if it's if it's gotta be the defense and they gotta run the football, like yeah, but that's a lot of money you gave a quarterback who now all of a sudden you come back a couple years later and say, Thank God the defense bailed us out against the one win Texans who were playing two quarterbacks. And you have had defenses in the past that have done that. But is this defense on that level? This is a really, really good defense, a really talented defense. But I'm not putting them in, in, in the rankings of the Ravens in 2000 or the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, what was that, 01? Like, I'm not I'm not putting them on that 03. level. 03. Yeah. I'm not putting them on that level. So if you don't have a defense that has Hall of Famers up front on the back end and then on the back end, like a Rondé Barber, a, a John Lynch, a Derrick Brooks, a Warren Sapp, a Simeon Rice. Like, I'm not putting those guys on that level. Like, Demarcus is, Lawrence is is nice. Like, he's nice. Micah Parsons is nice. Can Do they have the ability to be on that level? Sure. You know sure. what they need? What do they need? OBJ. That's oh, what they need. Oh, okay. you know. And in fact, they need him. Well, not until the playoffs, though. Yeah, because the OBJ season, wants yeah. to play in the <laughs> big games when the lights is on. Yeah, forget, <laughs> did, forget did, about all did that. Did that bother you guys when he said that? I mean, it's, I'll be honest with you. I, I think there's there was going to be a reaction to it, but I understood what he meant. And I would just say, generally speaking, people probably won't like this. If you can get away with that, you do it too. Like if you could basically say to a team like. If y'all don't need me during the regular season, why wouldn't I just wait until the games actually matter to get involved? Now, I'm, I'm obviously a played, and I understand like you need time, you need chemistry, you need all those things to build up with your quarterback. And I think 
you know, when, when OBJ first got to L.A. last year, you know, you didn't see it really pay off in the regular season. You saw it pay off in the playoffs. And, and that's where I think he, if he wants to be with the team, he needs to be with the team to, to you know, build on that. But, I mean, part of me didn't really have much of an issue with it. He, when he's there, he works hard. He does what he needs to do, and he'll be ready. Like, I, I can understand, like, what he was saying from the standpoint that he's had, what, two ACL injuries on the same knee? Yeah. And I think they cleaned up another knee. I mean, there was a lot of things going on there. So I, I think at this point, you can understand why he's like, I'm not going to risk it unless we're going for a championship. And that's when, when I'll put it on the line. I don't have a problem with him. And I don't have a problem with what he said. So it's kind of, that doesn't you know, That doesn't bother you? Like him saying. Like, it's his knee. It's his life. It's his career. Like, no, it doesn't bother I don't, me. I, I don't need to show you anything in the regular season. Just uh, I'll be there when it counts. It's like, and, and his his point, I mean, by the way, it's his current status, his current situation. You know, I think he, I think he's trying to get on a team. Obviously, I think um, he's in the situation where he's not getting picked up. So, I'm if I'm him, I'm basically saying, look, like that's cool. Come get me in the playoffs. I'm not playing just to play at this point. Now, I will say that if I'm OBJ, what are you playing for? Like with with your health concerns and, and, you know, where you are right now currently, what are you playing for? And I would assume you're playing for the opportunity to win championships. So if you can wait it out and and get picked up, but that doesn't that doesn't justify the whole I want to be able to settle down. I want to be able to wake up at 6 a.m. and, and leave <laughs> at 6 p.m. Like what? It kind of throws off that narrative. It's like yeah. what? Where? Where are you at with everything? You think it's because he was talking to a bunch of NBA players and he was like, "Well, this is kind of like load." He might have been yeah, feeling himself. He yeah, might have yeah. been feeling himself in that moment. Yeah. You know, you were at the barber shop with the LeBron James crew. I mean, you know, you might have been feeling yourself a little bit. That's possible. How does it feel to feel yourself a little yeah. bit, you know? I never What's feel like, like I've ever really on, wanted you're, to outwardly act like I'm feeling myself. Yeah. Sometimes you get around people and it's just hard not to be feeling yourself. Like, man, I'm in the room talking with – I can recall one time I was at a blackjack table with 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 I mean, Michael Birdo. Jordan. <laughs> well, it is blackjack. Oh, my I mean, God. I don't know if Jack was black, and that's how it became Black oh, yeah. Jack. But oh, yeah. I just know I was at the Black Jack table. Wow! Get canceled yeah. now. There you Great. go. Racist. What was his last name? Jack. First huh. name Black. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, we were sitting there, and and it's Michael Jordan, it's Charles Oakley, Charles Barkley, and Patrick Ewing. Now, where in that equation do I fit? Spectator. <laughs> And the only reason why I'm standing there, just so everybody's clear, because for one, I didn't even know the chips that they were using even existed. Okay, whatever those color chips they were using, I ain't know. I ain't never seen those were in they my life. Like Ten grand? No, they were like twenty five, and and they're they're chocolate chips, is what they are. So there you go, they, blackjack. They, they do chocolate chip. They there do twenty five thousand dollar chips. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, That's and awesome. they was and they was like putting them bad boys up on there like it was like betting nickels, like this ain't nickels. This is like two hundred G's that you just put up on on here. And them sons of guns was blackjacking and stuff like it's crazy. Anyway, 
So I was in Washington at the same time MJ was in Washington, right? So this is my only only reason why I, I'm even close enough to them. And I forget where were we? Was it Atlantic City? I want to say it was Atlantic City. And they call MJ called me over. And I had met Pat Ewing as well. So I I was familiar with Pat Ewing. And they called me over. And that was the first time I had met Barkley and um, first time I had met Charles Oakley. But they were fans of me. Like, Charles Oakley was a fan of me. So I'm sitting there, and they're telling me how much they're a fan of me while all these people are waiting down. Like, they couldn't come into the high roller area. So I'm sitting up there, and I literally had, like, a 10-minute conversation with these dudes while they're playing. I'm the only one up there holding court with these dudes. And I was feeling myself. Yeah. So they were saying stuff. And I can't remember or recall exactly what I said. It'd probably be incriminating to me as a person of high moral character and values. Um, but I was just talking out the left side and the right side and probably the back side of my neck in terms of, just my responses feeling yourself i was feeling myself yeah and then when i walked out it was like yeah y'all bitches move out of the way you know and that meant everybody not, yeah. not that wow. wasn't that yeah. wasn't connected to any you know gender or anything that. like that yeah. but i was like y'all Racist. bitches get up out of the way you know lavar's coming through because i was still i was still walking with the afterglow of feeling myself with the goats and and i kind of walked through the the casino that way because people were following me around like you know oh wow like who are you like wait hold on hold on you don't know who i am yeah like like because i was still feeling myself and so. also you parlayed it into this show see so like that's i don't like understand all of that. how that mean I, well that, like like that, like that that all led you to this point like feeling yourself with michael jordan betting twenty five thousand dollar chips and you parlayed it into this show well the, i'll say this some coffee creamer that looks like elmer's glue and yeah comes out. well that's true the only time i ever saw dudes go harder than that on a blackjack table was kevin plank and michael phelps and at that time i was already acclimated to the the chocolate chips and they were using them bad boys, and I was and I was participating in that one. Huh. Ooh. And look, 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 Q. I'm using hundreds, right? I'm using Whew. thousands, right? What are the black chips? Thousand, I uh, believe. Hundred. What? What are the? What, is the green chip? What? Racist. What? The green. I, I What's thought the, the green, green one? Green was twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. There's one that's above the black chip. Anyways, I was yeah. using. Maybe it's purple. I think it's purple. It might be purple. It's purple. Yeah. So I was using right purple here. chips, right? They're using chocolate chips. And I I pulled out a, 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 a pair of aces. I pulled out a pair of aces. And and it's funny because on that, that one in particular. You split them bad boys? Well, Phelps put a chocolate chip under my bet. And he was like, I'm going in on your bet too. Yes. So I pulled aces and he splits them. Because yeah. I'm not splitting that. Like, Why? I don't. I don't well, I didn't What's have the, the money. Showing? I didn't have the money to do it. Oh, gotcha. he put a twenty-five thousand dollar chip under my chips, so yeah. I had mine on. I said, "I'll I'll put mine on top of yours," but I can't cover. You know, he was like, "We're splitting that." We split the aces and got two blackjacks. There you go. I walked That's away. Why you split them, buddy. I, yeah. I walked away. That's why you split them. They you kept split them and double that. They thing. kept going. I walked away. Yeah, I, I got paid. Yeah. I got paid, but not like his paid. Like I was looking at the Split fact it and hit it, that man. he got way more paid than I did off of my own hands, and I was like, kind of like, you know, that's, that's you know what how. that was called. What's that? 
That was a business decision right business there. Business decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good for you. There you go. But you got to be willing to lose <laughs> hold that. On. Hold on. Jonas, what, what would we call that story? Is that relatable? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, because, like, everybody driving around on their way to work or, you know, some guy listening on the iHeartRadio app in 20-degree weather, you know, just doing construction. I mean, he, too, has yeah. gambled with $25,000 chips. He doesn't have flippers for feet. You know what I mean? That's true. Sorry. <laughs> if your flipper you ever... feet work, then you'd be able to do the same exact thing Michael Phelps is doing. Did you guys ever see that sports science where they broke down Michael Phelps' body and they're like, it's perfectly designed to swim in the water? Because he's got such a, like, a long torso and like, shorter legs to like propel. And his feet are... His wingspan, his feet. He's they, got like webbing or they something. Got good we- yeah, they got yeah. good width to him and all that stuff. Like, yeah. That was know. the first time though someone pointed it out, Jonas. Wasn't there another time someone pointed it out? Something going on like that? Uh, with Michael Phelps? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, be well. Uh-oh. You know, what happened? What y'all talking about? Just, uh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? You got to be... Uh, Uh-oh. You just got to double check sometimes who you're hanging out with. Yeah, you know, you just gotta, just make sure you're sure. You know. But but knowing Mike, he yeah. probably was sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. At the time. Which way, he was, which way you're hanging. Yeah. Well, you, uh, I mean, I'm just saying at the time, he was probably, oh, you, you know, know. Hey, hey, you know. I mean, if they're in the urinal next to you, I would probably get out of there. That's all I'm saying, you know. I would just it just depends. <laughs> just, just, just depends. <laughs> Probably pretend like nothing happened. Oh, yeah. Let's saying. get the break. Just- Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 